0: I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw.
1: You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think you got hosed on that call.
2: Yeah, yeah, you make good comments.
1: So what about that? You believe
2: in yet? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast
1: about a talk show host. this is in the booth talk show host that's good <laughs> i think i'd be good at that i talk to people all the time with matt park welcome everybody in the booth good to have you with us on espn radio here for another day of sports talk with you you can join us at 437-7644 espn forty four. Love to get your thoughts on this uh, Dino Babers comment from yesterday. We played it. We'll play it again. The reaction, to me, is more interesting than the comment itself. And uh, maybe we can get a little discussion going. Uh, Were you offended by that comment? If so, I want to hear about it. Even if you weren't, maybe we can have a little uh, discussion going. We're all kind of scatterbrained today, firing on uh, both cylinders. We only have a couple. But uh, with football and basketball overlapping, and uh, all the different things that are uh, happening in the world, we got uh, lots going on. It is a balmy day here in downtown Syracuse. Gray skies, but uh, temperatures acceptable. And uh, Polly Sibilia, as uh, usual, is along for the ride. We have uh, a question for Polly before we get too far into the show today. Uh, something that, uh, as a new employee here at the uh, Worldwide Headquarters of uh, Galaxy Communications I'm still a little confused about. Paulie, why is it that you are um, paged so often in the building? This is not a big building, but twice in the last hour. It drives like, me Like nuts. a car lot. Polly, Sebelia, call extension, whatever. Why is that necessary?
2: Because if someone, if a listener's calling in, like someone, two people called to ask if there's a Coach Babers show tonight.
1: So and you I need am, to be summoned from wherever so, you are yeah, on the so planet? I have so? to
2: stop working to go tell people... What's happening? Program like no, nobody call- else
1: knows the answer to that.
2: I don't know. I get. I'm the. I'm in charge of
1: that stuff. So I there is it- a Dino Babers show tonight. For those that uh, might be wondering, we'll be over at the Marriott Syracuse Downtown, talking football with uh, Coach Babers and his guests. Will be uh, Asil Moba and uh, Dave Bowler, a couple of the guys involved in uh, recruiting efforts. So uh, that'll be the focus of the last quarter of the show. Yeah.
2: So yeah, if anybody calls with a programming sports question for any of the stations, I get summoned. I've
1: never felt you were urgently needed to that degree. Like that, I if I if you're not around, I mean, I'm not, I'm not paging you. Yes. Yeah, so. Just so you know.
2: Okay. Well, that's that's my job, and to do things. And it's
1: not really that big of a building. I mean, it's kind of configured oddly, but pretty much you know who's here, who's not, right? I mean, it drives be, me nuts. But well, it would be one thing if you were out, you know, and you had the, yeah. the, you know, like it, our friends at Burdick Ford or. Any of them, you know, they have a big lot out there and you're out. Smoking a heater. Well, working a heater. (laughs) That's a show prep for (laughs) Daniel Baldwin who will come in after us. He's out there working his uh, pre-show heater, working on another good hot take. I know we had one burn in there yesterday, so good stuff. So should we play the quote that apparently has gotten everybody riled up? You don't have to play the whole thing, Polly, but at at least the uh, first half of this. You can let the whole thing go if you'd like. But this is Dino Babers in his press conference yesterday. A couple things were peculiar about his press conference. First of all, and without kind of going out of order, but he has since tried to alter or ease or walk back some of these comments. And uh, he pointed out, look, I don't parse over my words or work off a script in these press conferences. Not only can I tell you because I'm – uh, you have know, a good relationship with Coach Babers and know the inner workings here. Not only is that 100% true that he doesn't uh, plan out his comments. In fact, <laughs> I'd like to see him do it more. But he uh, yesterday's press conference started six minutes early. He burst in the room and was ready to go at 11.24 for 11.30 press conference. And then uh, this came up, uh, a question relative to the uh, Orange not following up on their biggest win in recent years, the victory over Clemson.
3: You know, my, my disappointment was in the, uh, in the way as a community that we handled it. And I hope that next year, when the opportunity comes up, we handle it a different way. We need to be mature about the way we go about our process. When we're sitting at a situation where we, great things can happen and we're willing to uh, look so far down the road, when really we need to just look right outside the door and keep doing the job that we're doing, so that we can have an opportunity to get to the fruits of those rewards at the end of the season and not necessarily jump the gun, you know, and and talk about the future when we still had a lot of work to do. We still had a lot of planting, a lot of seeding, a lot of watering to do, and we're already counting our chips with our crops, and we don't even know what in the hell happened yet. And, uh, you know, it's exciting. I get it. It's a new experience for us. I understand that part of it. And I get, you know, I get that you guys get to write about it, and that's really cool. But as, as a team, and as a, as a community, and as, a, or, and as a university, you know, there's steps to it. You know, I can think back to my children when, you know, they got their tricycle, and then, then they got their bikes with the wheels on the side. What do they call them? Training wheels. And then the very first day that you took the training wheels off, and then you're running behind them with the bike, getting in better shape than they are. And then all of a sudden, you're running behind them, and you don't have your hand on the bike, and you're just running next to them, and and they don't realize that they're pedaling the bike by themselves, and then they're taking off, going all over the neighborhood, and you're worrying about cars hitting them because they're flying around corners, and they're doing all kind of crazy things. Those are the processes to learn. All right, we can
1: uh, we can cut the bike and tricycle and training wheel aspect of the quote because it's just uh, going to another analogy to to uh, kind of reinforce his point, but. I might be missing something and maybe I've been distracted by the other things going on, but I was surprised that this comment garnered reaction. Um, this is lifting up the curtain a little bit in the press conference when it was over cameras off, microphones away, recorders stopped. There was a little back and forth informally, uh, professional to professional from the coaches, uh, to the, the print reporters. Hey, wait, uh, didn't everybody around here get excited? It's not the media's fault. It's a, And I don't think it's appropriate to say the media got out of whack or to have any say-so over what the, the media writes. But I guess what I'm missing what needed to be apologized for. Um, I hate the fact – and I know that he called Brent, and Brent's got an interview um, coming up later where Coach Babers has clarified his comments. I'm fine with the idea that clarify. – first of all, I wouldn't have said what he – what he said in the first place, I probably wouldn't have said. I think it's okay for him to think it i don't think it's advisable for the head football coach to come out and say hey look we won one big game and everybody jumped to conclusions like we'd actually arrived um if i think i think if you're the football coach you just sort of let it happen i don't you can't tell the media what to write you can't scold the fan base or or douse their flames but were people offended what what is what warrants an apology why why is the word apology used who who is the aggrieved Party in this case. I didn't find anything you said outrageous. No. Everybody
2: did jump the gun after it. I mean, to blame the media, no, you can't blame the media, you can't blame the fans, but everybody jumped the gun, and And, the the media did ask immediately after that game to the AD, are you extending this guy? So everybody jumped the
1: gun, you know? (laughs) And I'll say this. Dino Babers was the first guy... To, and use his expression, ride the wave, as he should have. Well, what were you supposed to do? You know, the alternative, even if you follow some of the things he's saying here, is look, it takes, and I, I think what he's done in, in I'm not going to use the word apology because I think that's stupid. In, in clarifying his message, he has changed the word community to really the people that are in his domain, people that work in the football office. Well, they all answer to him. And I understand that. That if you're going to say anything like that at all, at least talk about the people you can control. You can't control the media and you can't really control the fan base or tell them what to do. I just don't understand why uh, we felt like he needed to significantly walk this back. And I, and I understand it might sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth. If I'm him, I wouldn't have said it in the first place, but once it's out there um, I don't know that that needed to uh, necessarily be massaged. By the way, he was riding the wave and fanning the flames right from the start as he should have been. When you beat Clemson and you get invited to be on every show that ESPN has and all these other things, you would be foolish to turn that down. Um, nobody's going to say, even if he really believes it, uh, you know what, hey, it was a great win, but um, we haven't really turned the corner here the way I want to. Call me back when we do that. Well, that I don't think you do that. I think you, when you win, you want the recruiting buzz, Um and that certainly came, as it did from Virginia Tech last week. Now, the fact of the matter—or last year, I'm sorry. The fact of the matter is they have not followed it up on the football field. But uh, the close losses, you know, they they started to validate the Clemson game a little bit for me by hanging in there against Miami and against Florida State. Now, this, the story is that transitions to— the final quarter of the season, which is a little bit of a repeat of what we've seen in recent years—a broken quarterback and you know banged-up issues—and and running into the wrong teams that can take advantage of that—and the defenses struggled, not representative of what the defenses was for the the first nine games of the season—and so now they've got their hands full and and they're trying to ramp things up for for Saturday. But uh, if you were offended, you may—I'm all ears, willing to listen. You may have to help me on uh, exactly what that is. So we do have a call. Wow, I can't read the call. Trainer for that. that was going to be my guess. I didn't want to get it wrong. I didn't think we would have a Jalen calling the show, but John joins us from Syracuse. Hello, John. Were you offended?
0: Uh, I can tell you why, Matt.
1: Okay. Yes. You, um, so that's a yes, and or you're, you're you speaking on the behalf of Fred the offended.
0: Robinson and his little train that could? Yes. Okay.
1: There's one and two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Back ever- up. Well, t- tie that together from what are you talking about?
0: Um, Dude, Greg, Greg Robinson's little engine, they could was talking was just... about his kids on the training wheels. And it was basically the Greg Robinson speech all over again. What? Saying, be patient. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. No. Well, we suffered through X amount of years of Robinson and we can do it. We can do it. When this coach said, you watch, you're two, four, five, six, game seven. It's going to go. And here we are, we're at Game 7, Clemson goes. Game 8, Game 9, mm. Game 10. So know, I'm not truly blaming the coach for the, the failure of the team to live up to the expectations that he put out for the team. And injuries happen. If we hit Dungy, you know, it would be a different story. But for the coach to almost give a a Greg Robinson response to... An easy question that should have been answered differently, I suppose. It just, his verbiage was wrong. And to, to throw his, nah, I don't want to say throw his kids into it, but it was, almost, it was, I can't get over how Greg Robinson it was like. That's what I found offensive.
1: That's a, a very interesting take, John. And I don't want to dismiss you because you're welcome to your opinion. I don't get that at all. Um, first of all, let me say this, that I know that the way that the uh, com and the newspaper have handled it, they aren't even keeping, and I almost didn't play it here. We cut it off. Not even keeping the training wheels part. I, I don't see an, an analogy to those two things in the least. And I was in the room for both. Uh, infamously, you'll recall, I had a role in the Greg Robinson Little Engine That Could press conference. It was a, uh, everybody thought it was rehearsed. It obviously wasn't. I had no idea he was going to do that, but I I did know this. Remember the story from, my own youth and so uh, he called on me to to fill in one of the lines the oh. the little what's that
0: i recall okay
1: so the the little engine that could was hey i want to keep my job and if you let me keep plugging away this is going to happen that's not what dino babers is saying at all what dino babers is saying is look one game does not a corner turn and the the idea that we have arrived because of beating Clemson isn't really true in the and I think when it came to the analogy of the training wheels and, and teaching somebody to ride their bike is just because they get it the first time when you push them doesn't mean that they actually are riding and, and steering the bike and powering the bike. On their own, Babers uses a lot of analogies. We're still trying to figure out whether the cake's still in the oven or whether it's supposed to come or, or watering things. I don't. I have no idea what analogy we're on half the time with him, but, um, but he uses a lot of them. I just have a hard time understanding why this was something that people took offense to. Um, I think that, you know, did you, John, Francis, Let's let's say this. The the day after Syracuse beat Clemson. Did you have a different view of where the program ranked in the conference than you did the day before?
0: No doubt. Because and how, how big Babers, was the gap? the so ever if if I, I, said that we would do what we just did.
1: All right, so let me say this. So if um, on Oct- that game was October, what, 13th? Friday night, yeah. October 13th. Yep, so, 13th, I, so on October 12th, there, there's 14 teams in the ACC. On October 12th, where did you think Syracuse ranked?
0: Give or take by the middle of the pack. So nine. seventh,
1: seventh, eighth, ninth. So on October fourteenth, you woke up and you thought they were ranked what?
0: Probably five, maybe four.
1: Really? Well, See, I, I think I mean, that I we think that leap to
0: beat Florida State because Florida State supposedly wasn't very good.
1: How'd that work out?
0: Not very good.
1: <laughs> so
0: and same thing I, with Miami. Well, we had a chance at Miami, and here's it's just fell apart for whatever reason i hear you fan base got so wound up because <laughs> the coach said trust me by year two game four five six seven we would turn the corner we turned the corner and then to come back after four loss and say well you know the training wheels we probably <laughs> should have kept them on so I,
1: i'm gonna go one more analogy with you john um right. it's not a light switch you know what I mean? It's not. Oh, okay. We got this win, and now all of a sudden we're we're a player. We're really good. So right. I don't think you go. And and I really appreciate your back and forth and your honesty there. I don't think you go from ninth to fifth or fourth, which was your top end, in one game. I, I think Syracuse the the program is on the, gent the very clear incline and on a gentle incline, very gentle too, but you don't just do that. They lost to Middle Tennessee just a couple weeks prior. So, uh, I think maybe this idea of, oh, it clicks, oh, it clicks, that's what Babers ought to be walking back a little bit. We, We talked with him about that today off the air. You know The places he's been before, Eastern Illinois and Bowling Green, the talent level at those schools relative to the rest of the league was the same or better. That's not what happens at Syracuse where you have lower third of the conference talent so to come in barking and saying, hey, in 15, 16 games or middle of the, of the second year, it's all going to click and we're going to start annihilating people. Well, you can say that in the MAC where you're very confident in your coaching abilities and everybody more or less is working with the same material and then you can go out and recruit better. Nobody is going to show up here and all of a sudden start recruiting better players than Clemson and, and Florida State have and Louisville has and LSU has, etc. You to use a, a non-conference opponent there too. So – um that's probably where there's been a misconception. Now I don't think you blame the public on it or you know it's a it's human nature, it's imagination. We, that's why we love sports. We want to let ourselves get uh carried away and that's uh, probably what happened uh to a degree here.
2: If you beat so, Clemson, it's a realistic jump to think you can beat
1: other teams. It's not Sure, it shows it, what you're capable of. It doesn't
2: it's human nature, and to have, to but it's apologize. also a human
1: performance. It yeah. doesn't mean that you're going to be that way the next time and the next time.
2: Yeah, and also when he said that we're going to click after that game, it did. He also didn't know his quarterback was going to get hurt.
1: Right, you know, it's well here. There's a lot of things that didn't exist in his other uh, coaching stops. And I think the the staff is learning that and working uh, its way through it. So good stuff. We'll get back to that. We did arrange uh, for Jim Sadlin to talk Orange Basketball with us. The uh, Cuse moving to 4-0 last night. John, thanks for the call. We'd love to have more calls. You can join us at 4ESPN44 or 4377644. More to come as we roll along. You're listening to In the Booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse.
0: The Syracuse Crunch are back home this Wednesday to take on the Rochester Americans. I'm Lucas Favale. Join me on ESPN Radio for Countdown to Crunch Time at 6.45, followed by Puck Drop at 7 o'clock on ESPN Radio.
1: This is In the Booth with Matt Park. And welcome back in the booth. Good to have you with us. Good to have some patience from our friend Jim Saddle. We got all fired up on football to start the show, and uh, we'll lob that one to uh, Coach Saddle as well, and good to have you on, Coach, and first of all, happy belated birthday, we missed you over the weekend, you were out of town, and the Oranges uh, took care of business against Texas Southern, and then bounced back with one again last night.
4: Yeah, thank you, Matthew, thank you, usually we uh, we have a game, it seems like, on my birthday, Boeheim's yeah. birthday is the day before mine, so we kind of celebrate both of them, but yeah, uh... It's nice to be in DC. Was nice weather down there, and uh, so it worked out great for everybody. Plus, we got a nice win for the kids.
1: Encourages, uh, or I guess, uh, maintains that you're always going to be younger than
4: coach. Yes, that's right. That's yeah. right. Everybody remembered it. too. Two, <laughs> Two <years laughs> younger than you. you'll, yeah. you'll
1: be the uh, the first to point it out. So, um, you know, we'll get into the game last night, but this is top of mind, and I want to get a coach's perspective. Are you familiar with the uh, coach Babers comments of yesterday, and and maybe more importantly, his clarification of the comments?
4: About the community?
1: Yeah, the kind of the saying, hey, look, uh, everybody jumped the gun to get too excited about the Clemson win. And uh, do you have a, a take on whether he should have said that, should have clarified it, how you deal with, you, you know, in the places that um, you coach, you probably didn't have people. Well, certainly it's at Bonaventure, it's a big deal how much you guys won. But did you ever feel like you had to manage the expectations of your fan base?
4: You know, I think that all comes with how successful the program is or, or what what somebody says about it. We can we can certainly point out last year, if you remember, with Syracuse basketball, and uh, Jim Behan made an innocent comment in the summer saying that this is the best team, most talent that he's ever had. And, uh, you know, everybody from you and I down looked at it and thought, holy cow, this is going to be some year. And it just never quite came that way because they had too many parts they had to fit together. But So I think coaches always have to be careful. That's why I think they always, it seems like they're always more on the conservative side when they're saying something, Um, you know, that being said, I think football has struggled for so long here and it was such a, you know, when I was growing up and we were, you know, younger, uh, it was such a great part of of what Syracuse was all about in the community and everything else. They were so terrific. and. You know, when you have a win like they do against Clemson, I think you have to celebrate it. I mean, it was, you know, one of the great wins in Syracuse history, and and I think that's just automatically going to raise your expectations. You had a good record at the time, winning record. You're looking at it, and you're thinking, you know, a couple more wins, we're going to a bowl, and and Dino was on his way here, um, really re- revitalizing this program in a short period of time. So I don't know if you can then turn around and kind of go back and say, well, we got to manage these expectations, and we can't do that. I always like celebrating – something like that. I mean, you got to be able to put it into perspective and realize, okay, it was one game, we're going to celebrate here for the weekend or whatever, and then we're getting back to work and everybody understands. But, uh, you know, I I don't think that I would even think twice about downplaying a victory like that. And, um, you know, at this point in time, not to kind of go back and say, well, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Eh, I don't think I would do that.
1: No, I I agree. I think you work so hard to get any win that when you get a historical win – you know dance like nobody's watching as they say i think to a degree you want to act like you've been there but i think the right perspective on all of this is keep it all in check and you know infamously football mm-hmm. coaches have what they say the 24 hour rule you know and 24 hours after the game you get back to work well the the schedule demands that really in all of these sports to do it i think what he's trying to clarify to now is is look the people here in the football concept, the people that are in the building and on the payroll uh, need to kind of keep plugging. I, I I think Babers knows he can't really tell the media what to write or the fans necessarily what to think. But uh, there's a big difference between winning a game, even winning a big game, and actually being where you want to be or quote-unquote arriving. And uh, it, you're going to know when they've arrived because it's it's going to be to me, you've arrived when you're in bowls, you know, two years in a row or three out of four, that type of thing. Of course, we just went through a stretch <laughs> like that, that uh, because of a coaching change didn't uh, necessarily feel that way. Uh, but that, that's a story for another time. We'll, we'll uh, get back to that. But I appreciate your uh, coaching insights and your, your input on that type of stuff on, on those types of issues because it's such a difficult job. And uh, the PR aspect of it, uh, certainly one of the things that, you know, head coaches in this day and age, Sats, and you know so many of them, uh, particularly on the basketball side, I always feel for people like Dino Babers, right, and Scott Schaefer, who's a first-time head coach here. They spend their whole life with a whistle around their neck and drawn up plays and run in practice, and then you don't really get to do that when you're head coach. That's That's not what takes up most of your time, right? Yeah,
4: I mean, you've got so many different responsibilities, and and, you know, I mean, it really is, it's a it's a fine line. There's no question of that. But I always thought you had to, without going overboard, you had to celebrate your victories, celebrate your successes. Because they're not yours. It's your programs, it's your schools, it's your players, it's your staff. And, and if you don't celebrate those, there's going to be plenty of times when you're losing games that you're not going to get a chance to celebrate. And somebody else is going to be talking about how there should be a new coach coming in here. So I I always like the idea that, you know, and I think Dino's going to do a great job here. I think he's doing a great job. I think they're obviously much better this year than they were last year. And um, they might not show it, but I won't show it. But, you know, they've been in every game other than the last couple here, and I think there's reasons for that. And uh, so, you know, it's just a a, a difficult situation, and uh, most coaches are media leery. There's no question of that. And I think uh, Dino probably... Caught himself this time and understands why.
1: Sure. Uh, Jim Sadlin with us. We'll turn our attention to basketball here. And, Sats, how cool is it to look at the box score? And, and we talk about that on our broadcast all the time. You get the box score at the timeout, and you get your pen out, and you start circling stuff. Uh, how cool is it when you're circling 15 blocks plus 15 on the boards? Well, and you know,
4: it's um, the new Metumbo that's what we're looking okay. at right here is Pascal Choukwak. was in last night. I does, miss a couple games on the radio my, and you're giving nicknames but, to people? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's coming in right now and getting, you know, what he did last night was absolutely, for me anyways, that, you know, I watch practice a lot and we watch him in games. And we've seen him the last couple of years and we haven't seen that. We're seeing progression toward that. But, you know, last night to get as many blocks as he did, rebound the ball, dunk the ball on the offensive end, um, uh, you know, I, I, I mean it's just he, he's got a chance here to really if he continues to improve with this and I know I'm I'm putting it all in perspective I know that Oakland didn't have a lot of size in, inside and they didn't you know don't have much of an offensive game in there but you know he still did he, he changed the, the stat line for him doesn't even show what he really did I mean he altered more shots last night and he forced guys to take bad shots around the basket just because of his wingspan and because of the 7 2. And, uh, you know, I just think that that's a whole different perspective on Syracuse basketball when this kid comes in and plays the way he played last night. For me,
1: watching the way they're playing defense now is refreshing. Last year's defense was n- not strong. Syracuse had been strong several years in a row prior to that. But you sort of forget what it's like when it's really suffocating. And even more so, this is suffocating with. The length and the shot blocker, not just on the perimeter, but uh, if somebody looks like they're beaten, maybe either Chukwu or Dolajai completely cancels a shot. And as you pointed out, the altering is absolutely a thing. That doesn't show up in the box score, but there's so many shots that are, you know, little floaters that a guy takes and he throws 15 feet in the air because he doesn't want it uh, sent back at him. And then that becomes a very low percentage shot. And now it's cleaned up by. Uh, Brissett, who can really go get it off the glass, Uh, Dolezal as well. They got a good thing going there, I think.
4: Yeah, they really do. And you're right. Defense is the key with this team because, you know, there's still the offense is really a question mark still. I mean, Tyus Battle is there and, and, uh, you know, it was nice to see Frank Howard come in and, and really help them last night and you know, O'Shea Brissett is going to be a really good offensive player, you know, sometime, hopefully this year during this time and getting different contributions. But this team is going to ride the, the defensive horse all year long. Um, and, and they're good. And you're right. Last year was an offensive team and a bunch of guys that could score, but through too many guys, young guys and older guys, tried to put them all together at the same time. And it, it just didn't work from a defensive standpoint. And, uh, you know, they went to the Final Four of the year before, if you remember, with with Benajay and Cooney out in front and, and you know, some in, in Coleman and Roberson and those guys that have been around a while. And they want to, they did that because they were great defensively. And I think Syracuse is good. That's what they're going to hang their hat on this year. And, and I love the way they're playing right now. And, you know, I think the key right now, Matthew, is that they've got the game on, on tomorrow night against Toledo and they can't afford to stumble here. Toledo's a nice team, but Syracuse, if they play well, will win this game. But they can't afford to be looking saying, hey, Thanksgiving Is right there. I'm sure that they're going to be released right after the game tomorrow night and probably come back Friday or Saturday, whatever it is. So they'll be flying out of there, and I hope their mind is not on that. But the season starts Monday. That's when the real season starts because they got Maryland, then they got Kansas, then they got Connecticut. And then we'll have a a heck of a lot better idea of, of where this potential is and where this team might go after those three games.
1: Absolutely. And uh, Jim Saddle and with us just for another minute or so. Uh, we're looking forward to all those major conference opponents. It's been three in a row uh, with the mid-major teams coming in here that all were the preseason favorite of their league. You, you can't go off of what you saw last night for what Oakland's going to be. They've got two legit scorers who uh, were averaging about 52 points per game coming in last night. They scored half that. And then that's without Jalen Hayes, who was serving the last game of his suspension last night. So he'll give them some interior presence uh, going forward. And uh, certainly in the horizon league, they'll be fine. Toledo won only 17 games last year, but they're picked near the top of the Mac. And I know you uh, listened in with uh, coach Kowalczyk yesterday. What type of feel do you have on the Rockets?
4: Well, I'll tell you what it's, it's more importantly is what his feel is on the Rockets. And the coach was incredibly confident, um, Not necessarily saying we're going to win there and win, but just saying we're very skilled at a lot of positions. Um, You know, we really feel as though this is a good time for us. We're shooting the ball better from the field. We've got experience. We're going to be better, too. They've got a, a transfer sitting out that will be ready December 16th. It's, a, you know, from Missouri that they really think is going to be a terrific player. So, I mean, this is a solid team. This is a team that beat Oakland by 13 the other night Saturday. And, in in uh, a game where both of those
1: guys scored. Both Nunn and Walker really yeah. scored against, uh, yeah. against Toledo, and they still lost by 13.
4: Yeah, they still. So, I mean, you know, I think this is um, – you know, this is going to be a game that you can't stub your toe on. They're going to have to get ready for this. And this is a confident bunch coming in here, if I'm listening to what the coach said. And uh, so Circus needs to be. But they, the good part about Circus is, I mean, is that they've gotten better every game. I really believe this. From the first exhibition game to the next exhibition game, to Cornell, to Iona, to Texas Southern, to um, last night against Oakland, I thought that they've improved every game. Their defense has been good overall, but it's even improved in that area, too. So. If they can continue to progress like this, who knows? They're going to exceed expectations for sure.
1: All right, my friend, you're the best. We appreciate uh, your time today. Looking forward to uh, the call of the game with you tomorrow night and then uh, on into Thanksgiving, okay?
4: Thank you, Matthew. Good talking to you.
1: All right, buddy. Likewise, that's uh, Jim Sadlin, our uh, radio analyst on the uh, Syracuse IMG Sports Network. We'll be back together tomorrow night, the Orange and Toledo in the Dome at uh, 7 o'clock. When we come back, do we care with Joe? We'll work things through here the rest of the way with coach baber's comments etc and you can join us by phone at 437-7644 or 4 espn 44 this is in the booth on espn radio syracuse
4: live from the dboffers.com powered by drivers village studio
1: this is espn radio
4: 97.7
0: fm syracuse and 100.1 fm oswego do we care interesting i doubt it no Wait. the other thing but we will do this segment anyway.
5: Don't care anymore. Here's Joe Salzo. No Retired NBA star Ray Allen is accused of stalking, but says he's actually a victim of catfishing. Allen filing a motion in a Florida courtroom requesting the case be thrown out. Bryant Coleman is accusing Allen of cyber stalking. Accusations which Allen denies, Allen's lawyer says that Coleman pretended to be various women interested in the two-time NBA champion.
1: What is wrong with people? <laughs> Number one.
5: That's the question of the day.
1: Number two, who has the time or inclination to do this? Why, why would the, a dude pose to be women to get the... I, I just... Well, if, if people... I, I always say this about criminal activity. If... People use the, the, the the I guess, creativity that it requires to do this, the drive, the time and effort put into it to do anything constructive. They would actually move forward in life and, and be successful. Ray Allen, obviously, where there's smoke, there's fire. He probably uh, does some things that are a little odd. I find it very hard to believe that Ray Allen is stalking anybody, uh, let alone some dude posing to be women if i'm following that correctly
5: well i guess if a 75 year old newsman can be accused of harassment then well everyone's fair game
1: people are just messed
5: up yes they are allen's lawyer uh says that this guy coleman is obsessed with the allen family like knows everything about uh his that would be the definition of stalking that is that is the definition of stalking so that'll be interesting to see how it plays out in court yeah, interesting.
1: Yeah, I won't I won't pay <laughs> Thanks, one iota of attention to it as soon as you stop talking.
5: That was
2: fascinating. I've never been more interested in nothing in my life.
5: Uh, happy holidays, Paulie. Thank you. Patriots quarterback Tom Brady plans on going back to Mexico following their victory Sunday over the Raiders, but don't expect Bill Belichick to return. The Patriots coach says he's in no rush to go to Mexico again, citing the travel and the logistics. Belichick says the trip took a lot out of them after they got back on Monday.
1: Another very unsurprising item. Tom Brady has the money and means and interest in uh, traveling the world, so he's going to go back to Mexico, NBD, and Belichick wants to stay in his hoodie and be miserable. He's not going back. I get Belichick... Big shocker. I, I mean, but from what I understand, uh, Mexico City and the, the way that these guys do it is not uh, all its crap. I mean, who would want to go to any place where... You fear for the water and the food and the stuff to eat and the security and the—I mean, come on! But I think these uh, resorts, etc., that uh, people go to in Mexico are pretty much a blast.
5: If someone's paying me so, to go, I'll—I'll I'll take the risk.
1: Well, maybe we'll send you there, Joe.
5: <laughs> I'll be the New Mexican get, correspondent. Get can we? Can we get you a parachute and just drop you? Sure.
1: And and calling in from Olay Olay doesn't get the job done either, Joe.
5: Would the parachute work?
1: Yes. Yeah, so okay. Not that mean.
5: That's good to know. And finally, an Australian woman says she drove 20 minutes with a massive spider staring at her. The woman says she did not know how to get rid of the spider, which she saw right above the driver's seat. When she went back to the car the following day, the spider was gone.
1: Was the spider's name Joe or Larry? <laughs> and what? It was so massive that she couldn't move it on her own and when a, we,
5: we looked. she up, left
1: it and she was that scared of it she left it in her car overnight we, we
5: looked up pictures of this spider it's about as big as a toilet seat really yeah Is i actually saw still a, video, a spider at that I, point or? one of the one of the guys in the office showed me a video of someone trying to capture the spider and he failed i jumped out of my chair i, I, do, I do not like spiders at all
2: what would you call a spider besides a spider what's the the uh the scientific name for this, so I can Google it. Uh, so the listener knows. Well, I mean, it up. a tarantula
1: is not that big,
5: right? Yeah, you, you'd is have somebody? to ask uh, Khan out there. He knows the name of it.
2: Arachnid. So I, have, so I guess for the listener, this painted such a great picture. Google <laughs> toilet seat size spider yeah, no, if you're
1: interested right. in it. I don't think you want to Google spider and toilet seat. In the same, you're going to come up with some interesting things there. Uh, Although Joe, Joe manages to come up with three things that aren't interesting yeah, on a regular basis. It, but it the, the, the look on Polly's face it's, now, he's Googled It's a jarringly it. large spider, yeah.
2: and it's not... So why it's was that bug- in her
1: car? Why Why didn't she just swat it out of there? Or, I mean, I, I just don't understand. I mean, I guess in Australia they have different bugs than we have here, but that couldn't have been moved on from?
2: Yeah, and to put it in perspective, it's not toilet seat size. It's a windshield visor-sized it's covering the visor. It's, it's,
5: not... it's the size of something you don't want to see in your car as you're driving to the grocery store or wherever.
2: Don't they have newspapers you can roll up in Australia? Exactly right. Smack that thing.
5: <laughs> yeah, you you first, Paulie, and then report back to him. Oh, us.
1: man, I'll do as, it.
5: As I'm in Mexico. Uh, Dewey Care is brought to you by Cam's Pizzeria. Cam's, love
1: it for a slice. Finally, a reason that Paulie can justify keeping the fast food wrappers on the floor <laughs> of his car in case a... 12-inch spider pops up in his car. He's got something to kill it with and somewhere to put it.
5: I'm going to have nightmares about that spider tonight.
1: It will about you too, Joe. (laughs) Trust me. Back to wrap it up next. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio, Syracuse. Thursday, the Giants are off to D.C. to face the Redskins.
0: Pre-game at 325. Big Blue plays here. ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1.
1: This is In the Booth with Matt Park. Back in the booth here for another couple of minutes. Back tomorrow, John Mita-Perel of the Boston College radio broadcast team will join us to preview the game on Saturday and talk about BC's recent resurgence behind the freshman running back, A.J. Dillon, who went for 200 yards in their win against uh, UConn at Fenway Park. On the weekend, back tonight at the Marriott Syracuse downtown talking football, the AmeriQ Dino Babers show, our last one of the season. Hope to have you come out. We're having some sponsors out and should be a good group and a good time there tonight. Want to get you the comments of Coach Babers approaching senior day, which is the final time in the Dome for guys like Zaire Franklin, Paris Bennett, Steve Ishmael, or Phillips, Jamar McGloster and company.
3: You know, I don't think it's a big challenge when you look at it, the, the game of football. I don't want to. You know, get all sentimental here and stuff. But the game of football is so different than any other game. When you, if you're a baseball player and baseball's over, you get to go play in the softball leagues. You know, if you're a basketball player, you get to go play rec basketball and and show everybody how well you can shoot or how well you can defend. When you get done with football, there's no there's no intermural league or anything that you can go to afterwards and put on 12 to 15 pounds of gear and get after people with where you could get medically hurt, (laughs) you know, from the jobs that you have in your careers. You know, this is the last time that they're ever going to play the game unless they get an opportunity to play professionally, which is a very, very small percentage. And then even if you do get an opportunity to play professionally, your lifespan is, what, three to five years if you're good enough. Very seldom do the guys play over that. So this is the last time that they're going to play a game that they've been playing their entire lives that they love. And you ask any football player, including the one that's in front of you, we all remember the last time that we put on the pads and we got an opportunity to play the game. And when that's over, it's over. You get to go do other things, but that's it. There's no intramurals after that. There's no rec league. There's no health club that you can go and line up and play 22 guys that are going to play collegiate football. And maybe that's why the – the fantasy thing is so good. I've never done it before. Maybe that's why everybody enjoys it so much. But that's totally different than real football. So to get back to your statement, the you know, them putting on that gear and getting one more time to play with their brethren that surrounds them and guys that will be their friends and their best friends for the rest of their lives, the guys are going to be the best men at their wedding, I think they have enough to play for, and I think they'll show up.
1: Dino Babers on a – Typical familiar concept we hear at this time of the year from uh, football coaches about their teams. And guys who do go on and play in the NFL will tell you they enjoyed college and, in some cases, even high school more than they did pro football because of the camaraderie uh, that you feel in, in college. You know, knowing uh, Chris Gedney as we do and the, the close bonds he maintains with his teammates and and people like that, that really is a thing. And as it relates to the game on Saturday, it's the idea of building this up as if it were the bowl game. You're not making the bowl. uh, You're not going to get the gift bag wherever uh, that bowl is, but you can make this special. You can win for Zaire Franklin, or if you are Zaire Franklin or Paris Bennett, you can go out on a high note in a good uh, physical football game. So good show today. Thanks to the callers. Hope to have more of that uh, going forward. We'll be back tomorrow at uh, 2 o'clock with John Mediparel of Boston College. For Paulie and Joe, I'm Matt Solong on ESPN Radio Syracuse.